Okay, so this is absolutely crazy. Like, what, 10 minutes ago? 10 minutes ago, a fire truck rolled up. The laundromat, two doors down from us, is on fire. There are probably 40 firefighters here. There are, what, how many fire trucks? Eight fire trucks, two ladders. They've climbed up the ladders onto the building, two doors down. Four fire marshals, um, several ambulances. Wow, this is absolutely insane. I'm a tiny bit worried that we forgot to buy renter's insurance eight months ago. From 87 Lafayette, it's Corona Pod. I'm Matt. And I'm Matt. All right, so that is totally crazy, Adam. The laundromat was literally on fire earlier today. We didn't have renter's insurance. Uh, we actually bought renter's insurance while the building next door was on fire. Uh, but then only after the fact found out that it won't take effect until midnight tonight. So had things gotten worse, we would have uh, been... Up a creek without a paddle, as they say. Uh, but yeah, so completely insane morning. Should we give our listeners like the play-by-play of, of what happened? Sure. So I was reading my book, finishing my book off, and through the I smelt something burning, and I thought, oh, maybe someone has something in the oven that's been in a little too you long. You actually thought I often leave stuff in the oven too long. I'm well known for burning bagels, lots of things in the oven. You were like, oh, shit, did Matt leave something in the oven again? That is, that well, because you had just finished making lunch. So it wasn't a, Matt is notorious. It was like, hey, this is the most, mm. well, Occam's razor, all right, right? All right, all right, yeah. Go yeah, over, yeah. see that it's empty, <laughs> and then look out the window and see smoke rising. So I run downstairs to, like, see what's going on. And people are like, should we call 911? And everyone's like, yes, call 911. What do you pay taxes for? <laughs> like the owner of the laundromat has this tiny little fire extinguisher and is standing in front of the door like won't go in because clearly the fire's too big. So I'm standing there. I had knocked on all the doors of our neighbors just to make sure that they were aware Good in case this was worse. Um, and then I got yelled at because our neighbors came downstairs and were standing on this stoop at me. And you guys were on the roof and yelled at me that I wasn't social distancing. Yes. Because I was watching you are annoyed the fire. That we, you are a little annoyed that we yelled that. Yeah, yelled I was like, you. I got here first. Like, I will deal with this. Like, we're trying to figure out how bad this is. Like, I have a much better view than you guys do. But I came upstairs and then we watched the excitement. The excitement. It was totally crazy. Okay, so there are fire trucks coming. Broadway down the street nearly ran over someone on a city bike. Just absolutely careening around these tiny Fort Green streets. And then, probably the most exciting part, the ladders came. They put two ladders up onto the building uh, right next to us, or two doors down. And a fireman climbs up on the ladder, climbs over the building. Not sure exactly what he did. Seemed... He climbed, they, he climbed over the, he got onto the roof of the building and then opened the hatch, right, to vent mm. the building. And then he and some colleagues climbed down the back because the building was, it's terraced, right? Like the top floor is the narrowest, the next floor is a little bigger. So there are decks, they're like little mm. roof gardens on. So they climbed down to get to the back of the building. Mm. I did feel like they could have actually just come up through our apartment and... 
uh, that would have been a lot safer and a lot easier than climbing up the ladder. And we would have offered them like some lemonade, a LaCroix, you know, a nice refreshment on their way to fighting the fire. I was really hoping we would get an opportunity to like really participate and be helpful. We unfortunately did not though, uh, but maybe that's for the best as we're not professionals. But we can report, seems like no one got hurt. I mean, my favorite part was watching someone after all the trucks were gone who left the building, the, the laundromat they had gone in, and when they got out, everyone asked, well, is your laundry okay? So she grabs something, sniffs it, and shrugs. So I guess, <laughs> I guess if your laundry is inside a washing machine in a burning, it, it's pretty safe from smoke, which is never something I had thought about, but that makes <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't think that's something you would ever have had reason to think about uh but yeah i am glad though it does make me probably not want to use wash and fold that much anymore because i don't know if there's a fire and the whole building burns down then you're gonna lose all your clothes correct so correct anyway glad no one was hurt uh i imagine that it's probably a mess in there now and i feel bad for those guys who run the laundromat they're very very nice they've when i haven't had enough cash to pay in the past because I forgot to get cash. They've like, you know, said, oh, just pay us next time. Very nice guys. And I imagine that they have a bit of damage to clean up now. And so I, I feel for them. And now is certainly not the best time to need to, to need to do that. But anyway, another day of quarantine. I think we should give our guest a call. Does that sound good to you? I think that's a great idea. All right. Hey, Rick. Welcome to Coronapod. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me, y'all. It's good. It's good. Thanks for coming on the show. We were just talking about how there was a fire two doors down from us today in the laundromat, and everyone, including us, emerged unscathed. So we're pretty good. Wow. Congratulations. Um, I'm I'm sad to hear that there was a fire, but I'm, I'm very relieved to hear that no one was hurt. That's great. Well, we were joking. Our roommate moved out this morning. And we thought it was, like, pretty funny if, you know, he moved out literally 45 minutes an hour before this all happened. Had all of his stuff in a car and drove off. And we were laughing, you know, wow, what are, you know, he must really have not liked living with us if he not only left, but also tried to set the entire block on fire. <laughs> so, so potentially arson. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, yeah, everyone's well, all right. We had some excitement. In it. Excitement's, excitement's good, so. Yeah. My roommate also moved out recently, so that was kind of a bummer in the midst of COVID. Mm. So, Rick, your roommate moved out, but, and this brings us to our first topic, you do Got have it. another roommate. Tell us a little yes. bit about your roommate situation. Um, the current one or the, the former one? The, the current one, the one we all know yeah. and love. Yeah, I live with, um, with a, young, a young lady. Um, she's just shy of one. Um, She's, she's my daughter. Her, her name is Starbuck, and she is a 40-pound black lab mix, and she's just sort of the apple of my eye. I love her so much. And tell us a little bit more about Starbuck. I haven't seen Starbuck in a long time. How is she managing with quarantine? You live in a two-bedroom and five die You know, how's, how's she right. handling that? Yeah, you know, Starbuck has always been... Um, a bit of an anxious dog. She's very, um, 
she's just she requires a lot of attention. I think she's a good New Yorker then. Yeah, she she well, she definitely is a good New Yorker in terms of personality, but she doesn't handle like the streets super well because like wheels make her quite anxious. One of the things that sets her off is wheels. Um, she's a little supermodel, you know. She's tall and thin, um, and she's been hanging out twenty four seven. She uh, has suffers from isolation distress. Or, like, it's like a form of separation anxiety. And so anytime she's left alone, she freaks out. But when she's in a room with me or in a room with someone that she knows or basically just a human, she's not very discerning. Um, she is super chill. So like right now she's laying on the bed doing nothing. But if I were on the pod in Brooklyn or something, um, she would be pacing around the apartment, causing messes and eating things because she freaks out so much when she's not around me, which is a little bit flattering, but mostly stressing because it means I need to spend a lot of time with her. Um, and so now we've been together like seven weeks straight, 24 seven. And it, I don't know how that first separation is going to go for her. So you're our first friend, uh, that sort of entered parenthood, I would say, uh, you know, you're, None of our friends, at least none of my friends, maybe Adam has friends, have uh, human children. I don't think Adam has any friends. That's correct. Ooh. Don't even need to go to the fact check here. You heard it here first, grandparents. I have no friends. <laughs> so you're you're the first. Uh, you you your child is not a human, but child nonetheless. How has it been taking care of another living, breathing? Thing. We take care of a couple plants here, but not particularly well. So, curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely empathize with the whole the failed plant dad, um, you know, persona. I, I've tried to parent a few plants myself. Usually, plants they don't tell you they're hungry and stuff, so you, you don't you never remember to feed them or give them the right light. But I found that the dog communicates reasonably well with her limited vocabulary. Um, I would say. Initially, it was a very anxiety-inducing experience. Like I, um, when, when I got her, I wasn't sure that I was ready. And I think you hear a lot about this with new parents for sure. Is that they, they don't know what they're going to do with this new life form. And I definitely felt that. Um, I, I got a little bit of what they call the puppy blues, um, which is is that sort of anxiety and feeling like you're not prepared for it. I had that for about a month, but after that month passed, you know, I've seen a lot of the benefits. Um, I, I would be literally alone in this two-bedroom mansion in Fidei if it weren't for her. Um, and she sort of keeping me on a regular schedule, getting me up early with her her wines for breakfast. So I think that overall, parent has been a uh, a really positive experience for me. But it's certainly scary, and one that everyone everyone should go into it at their own pace and decide when it's right for them. Um, but I'm really encouraged to know that, that many people are doing that now with with pets um, in the midst of Miss Rona. And say more about that. We've talked a little bit about this on the show, but for our listeners yeah. who may not remember what this is all about. Yeah. So around, around pet adoption. Yeah. Yeah. So, so COVID has actually brought um, to light that um, a lot of people's like travel schedules have changed and they felt that they were uh, prepared to sort of take on the uh, responsibility of either bringing a new member to their family um, as a puppy, so 
obviously a lot of work and a lot of attention and it's really hard for people to do that if they're they can't be home with the puppy uh, so people are opting for that or they're just home and they, they realize that they want companionship um, and so they're fostering or adopting um, pets so a lot of animal shelters you know COVID was starting and people were um nervous to animal shelters were asking for resources and a lot of people really stepped up so the rate of fostering like skyrocketed but on top of that you have these sort of tailwinds pet adoption of people having time on their hands and feeling quite lonely and they want the tangible benefit of having an animal companion um, and so you do see a ton of adoption happening now too uh, and, and, and so my intuition a few weeks ago before I really dug into it um, was that I, I, work, I work in the pet industry and so I work with a couple of rescues here in New York and my intuition when I reached out to them was that they would be straining for resources as I alluded to at the beginning but, but the community has really rallied and, and um, if anything there's more demand for, for pets and, um, and so a lot of these animals are finding homes and, and there are empty shelters um, all over the nation which is really really heartwarming news Mm. So on a totally different topic, and that's so great to hear, but on a totally different topic, one thing that you've been doing to pass the time in addition to playing with Starbucks is painting. Uh, And I'm a terrible painter. I've never been able to do it well, but I have a ton of respect for people who do. Tell us a little bit more about your painting. Yeah. um, It was kind of random. So a little bit of context for those who don't know me on the pod. Um, last year was like a big reading year for me, and I was very public about my reading efforts. Um, and I think a lot of people went to COVID and were like, I guess there's nothing to do like except watch TV and like read books and stuff. Um, and I kind of stopped reading, which is kind of a weird thing. Um, I was like not really feeling up to sitting alone and reading anymore. Because um, I, I did a lot of my reading like outside or at cafes and stuff. So I'm not really like an at-home. I mean, I do read at home, but not that often. Anyway, I was looking for something else to do and something creative and, and productive with my time. Um, and a friend of mine had posted this like beautiful watercolor on her Instagram that she had done. And I was like, oh, I haven't touched watercolor in like 10 years. Like, let me go on Amazon and, and buy a couple of uh, a couple of things. And so I did that. I did some tutorials. And I've been really refining my toolkit. It's been a really fun and, and productive creative outlet for me just like sit by my window by the natural light and sort of paint something fun it's pretty quick because the watercolors have to dry and um and you have to work with wet medium so it's a, it's a nice sort of distraction for 30 minutes to two hours at a time and put on some music and play with the dog pet some paint something beautiful and it's been really really fun that sounds absolutely lovely so we can't see one of your watercolors because oh, yeah. we're in audio, but yeah. I'm going to give you a challenge. Sure. I want you, for our listeners, to describe in like 30 or 45 seconds, describe your favorite watercolor that you've made thus far. Not just what it's of, but tell us about the textures, the brush strokes, the kinds of things sure. that you're getting on the paper. Sure, I'm just going to go walk up to it so I can be looking at it while I try to describe. You know, words, words are not going to do this beautiful painting justice, but I will do So let's start with the subject matter. I'm trying to, here we go. So this is a painting of, of a donut, actually. It's a, it's a 
strawberry ice donut with rainbow sprinkles on it. Um, and what strikes you the most when you look at it is the character of the icing itself. There's a lot of great um, value expression. So there's a lot of different shades of pink in the icing that shows you that glare that you would get off of a, a really nice glazed um or iced donut, sorry. And, and you've got sort of this rich texture of the brown dough that's been a little bit overcooked maybe. Maybe it's a cake donut. It's not quite clear um, because donuts come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Uh, and, and then there's this sprinkle detail. There's almost a 3D aspect to the sprinkles, especially the white sprinkles. White watercolor can be quite... Um, quite tricky to work with and so it looks like the artist here the artist being myself went over the white watercolor with um, gel pen to really make those pop and you can kind of see that effect in 3d on top of the donut which is, which is quite captivating honestly as a viewer um, so it's, it's really a beautiful piece I, I would absolutely frame this and put it up in, in a gallery in a bedroom in, in a kitchen I th think it really could go a lot of different places I'm uh, I, I've actually seen this image on your Instagram, and it reminded me of an artist who I've seen on Twitter who does really, really detailed watercolors of the bagels that she eats. I don't know if you've come across this, um, but it's kind of the same idea of just trying to be super evocative of something in a medium that I guess I... I didn't really think about. And I kind of love, you know, you've taken, you're doing more art, right? A lot of people have been doing baking and cooking and something that I think a lot of people have been frustrated with over not just COVID, but over the past decade is people taking pictures of food. But I think painting food is so special and it kind of is a evolution from the still lives of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I, I just really love this idea, and I'm really happy to like see people doing this. And I really love the, the, the work you're doing. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. It's actually so funny. You, you mentioned sort of people taking pictures of the food they're eating. Um, and I, I actually was inspired by the fact that I started my morning um, – that morning I painted this by walking to Dunkin' Donuts with my dog and I, I've been craving Dunkin' Donuts and seeing people get it delivered on my floor. Like there's someone here who keeps getting it every morning. I haven't had a donut in a long time and I was like, you know what, let's go get some. And so I ate six donuts that day and I painted one. And did you eat it after painting it? No, I, unfortunately um, I can't have too much paper. It's too much fiber for my diet so I don't eat, I don't eat the paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick... Thank you for coming on the show. This has been great, and we're really excited to see the next thing you paint. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think I'll probably get something started uh, soon here. I would love to, if, if you guys could put that bagel person in the show notes, I'd, I'd love to see that. We will absolutely do that, and we'll also Thanks. text it to you. Great. All right, talk to you soon, Rick. Thanks. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. I got to say, that donut that... Rick Painted looks absolutely delicious. I haven't had a strawberry donut in a long, long time. But let's see these bagels that you're talking about, Adam. Can you pull those up? Sure. So it's, I believe it's Anna Sanders who reports for the Daily News in New York City. Um, but I'm just confirming because I never can really keep these things straight. And if it's not, that would be um, 
super awkward. So, you know, wouldn't be the first time I did something dumb like that. But yeah, I love the idea of... It's funny, Catherine brought a bunch of art supplies with her when she came from New Haven, and we haven't touched them, but I think Rick might be the, uh, the inspiration that is needed. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to end the show today actually on a somber note, though, uh, noting that Richard Hape, a WNYC reporter and a really important voice for anyone who... He was the host in New of York. the morning show on WNYC, and I think I spent my entire childhood growing up with him, and I'm sure lots and lots of people will immediately recognize his voice and think of all the amazing reporting and all the stories he brought to people. This has been CoronaPod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy. CoronaPod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.